Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this How to and Identity episode, we will address the paralyzing reality of the lie of unworthiness. The basic mindset is that you can't be used by God because you are somehow not good enough, not big enough, not something enough. You believe that you are unworthy of the blessings that you see other people have because of certain types of limitations that you have in your life. Others are more qualified than you are for such blessings, and you don't believe that you have the skills, the strength, or fill-in-the-blank to be qualified for any assignment from God. We see this mindset pop up at the beginning of the journeys of some great Bible heroes. Isaiah 6, 5 has Isaiah in the throne room of heaven saying, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah worries about serving as Israel's mouthpiece because of his unclean lips. And one of the angels places a burning coal to Isaiah's lips, cleansing of sorts. And then he says this, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Isaiah 6-7 God recognizes that Isaiah has unclean lips, but this does not prevent God from setting him forth on the task. Through Isaiah, we learn that we need to come to the Lord in repentance, especially when God calls us to do something far greater than ourselves. Now remember, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet. When John, for example, went to the throne room, he did not need the coal to touch his lips because he was living in our new covenant reality where Jesus had already taken care of our sins and we did not need to be he did not need to be purified but either way it was not his limitations or his strengths that qualified him or disqualified him it was the assignment that qualified him and god chose him now let's look at moses moses said to the lord in exodus 4:10 through 13 Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Can you relate to that when you have get, been given an assignment from the Lord that is way beyond anything you think you could do? It's scary. And quite honestly, if the assignment is not scary, it's not from the Lord. Because if it was an easy assignment, you would be tempted to do it without his assistance. And he never wants to see that. Now let's look at Gideon. Judges 6, 14 and 15. 
Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Gideon responded, Pardon me, my lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. All of these verses reveal the real issue of the spirit of unworthiness. Gideon, Moses, and Isaiah all saw themselves in their own weakness, doing whatever was asked of them apart from God. But we are never supposed to do anything apart from God. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, But he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness, my mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will be all more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. This verse clarifies that the real problem is role clarification. God has the power and the will of your assignment. You are the vessel he chooses to release his love and power in that assignment. You simply need to say yes and surrender and allow him and he will flow through you and show himself through your weakness. The spirit of unworthiness is one of the enemy's major strategies to keep you off your fruit-bearing kingdom destiny. Because if he can confuse you about making you think that it's all about you and your abilities or lack of abilities, he can keep you paralyzed. And all that kingdom impact that the Lord has planned for you is dormant. And that is absolutely not God's will. So we need to begin to understand the difference between your job and God's job. But before we go there, let's examine where the spirit of unworthiness comes from. We live in a performance-based culture, and even our churches have inaccurately taught us that we need to be perfect. So we either pretend to be perfect, or we shy away from any responsibility to share the good news because we know we're imperfect. No one apart from Jesus Christ was actually perfect. So God mustn't require perfection from us. Unworthiness is birthed when some authority figure in your life, like a parent, a teacher, or someone you admire or respect, points out your limitations, and the enemy whispers in a magnification of those lacking disappointments in your ear, and you begin to focus on them and have them become part of your identity too big of a part of your identity, in fact. And the enemy can allow those things to limit you, but the Lord loves you exactly the way you are, right where you are, and it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you find healing in all of those things. 
the first step is realizing that your weakness and vulnerability can be easily balanced out and recovered and become strength from God when you surrender to it. But here's the real truth. And I want you to listen to this. Worthiness has nothing to do with you. It only has everything to do with Jesus. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he grafts you into the family of God and you become instantly worthy. 2 Peter 3 9 says, The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient toward us, not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. The very fact that you were born means that you were chosen. You were chosen to be part of God's family. Not everyone accepts that invitation to become a member of God's family. But when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you were not only grafted into the family, but you have a responsibility to serve your family, to reflect your namesake, to serve the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. The Lord wrote a book about your life before the foundations of the earth were laid with the plans in Jeremiah 29.11 that he wrote for you. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. This book writes the story of the absolute ideal future that God designed and created you to live out. And your job as a Christian is to listen and look and obey God's voice enough to align yourself with that future so that God can give you the fulfillment of the purpose of your life and knit you into the kingdom plan the way he originally created you to be. The spirit of unworthiness does its very best to hold you back and have you limited, living limited lives in this earth just to survive for yourself and not focus at all on God's plans for you and what he has for you. The only way you can live the life that you have been destined for is to understand the role confusion, the clarification of what's God's job and what's your job, of how to allow the Lord by his might and power to transform you into the very best version of yourself, no matter where you are or what your journey has been, God can help you be an overcomer. Everything weak in you, he can use. We all really need to learn this lesson, how to get out of God's way by getting out of your own way and allow him to heal the different broken pieces of your life so that God can use you according to the plans that he wrote about you in your life book. 
I'm going to share something that the Lord taught me that snapped me right out of the spirit of unworthiness. And I'm going to call it the pride continuum. This is something that a model that he gave me, something that he revealed for me in my own life that I've written about in um, my How to Live a Worry-Free Life book. The real reason that it's a challenge for you to believe that God can use you is pride. And the pride continuum, that is the two extreme strategies that the enemy has that use pride, that the spirit of unworthiness is on the one extreme of the pride continuum. You never think of the spirit of unworthiness as pride. You think of it as humility, but it's actually false humility. Let's take a look at this. So imagine the pride continuum as a long line with arrows on either end. On the right side of the pride continuum, there's a person who feels like they don't need God at all. They've got life pretty much together and they don't feel like they need any help from God. This belief is a trap that the enemy has used primarily in the Western culture where people live in abundance and think that their success is from their own strength and the right arm of their own brilliant minds. Only the weak and ignorant believe in God. This is the, this end of the continuum is disbelief. It's arrogant. It is the lie of unneed. And it is the heart posture of agnostics and atheists for the most part. Everybody knows that's pride. That one's easy. You see as pride. Now, on the exact opposite of that line, on the left side of the continuum, you see that the person who believes that their sins are too great for the grace of God, they believe that God is good and can save and help other people, but they somehow believe that He is not big enough and His grace and mercy are not big enough to cover them. This is the lie of unworthiness, and it is unbelief, and it is actually false humility. Disbelief is when you don't believe God is who he says he is and can't do what he says he can do in general. That's disbelief. But unbelief, on the other hand, is when you believe God for others, but not for yourself. Now stick with me here, because when the Lord explained this to me, it radically changed my worldview on unworthiness, and I have never wrestled with it again. What he said is that the lie of unworthiness puts you in the center of the universe and not God. It basically says, God, you are big and you are good, but you're not quite big or good enough to work with me. Your grace and your mercy simply can't reach me. Now, can you see how much that looks like pride? God's identity and capability exists apart from you. In the parable of the lost sheep in Matthew 18, 12 to 14, 
It says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go out and search for the one that's lost? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices more over that one sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these should perish. That's God's heart for you. That's God's heart for all of us. If you recognize yourself on the pride continuum, take a moment and go through the steps to align yourself with the truth. Confess and repent for believing that somehow you are too big for God's grace to reach you. Ask God to forgive you and tell him that you are willing to say yes and amen no matter what he gives you to do because you understand that the power comes from him and not from you. I had never really thought about unbelief as pride until the Lord pointed this out to me, but many of us wind up on the side of unbelief because of the lying picture that God is unloving, distant, punishing, and that, you know, he only takes perfect people that he can work with. And many don't even feel worthy to receive miraculous healing or really anything. And honestly, just him teaching me this nabbed me out of it. And I truly hope that that sinks in for you as well. And that you can learn how to allow God to work through you because of your weakness, because he can make it strength. Your job is to be a vessel that the Lord can work through to help people find salvation, healing, deliverance, and discipleship so that they may become closer to the Lord themselves. So remember how important it is to understand that the only qualification for God using you is what he did and not you. It has nothing to do with you. You received your salvation by accepting a free gift. And in the same way, you allow the Lord to empower you to do what it is that he's called you to do. And that's how you get out of his way. So let's talk for a few minutes about the consequences. Like what's lost if you don't? What's lost if you stay in the spirit of unworthiness? If you live with the acceptance of the reality of the spirit of unworthiness, you are held back from your destined purpose and essentially Satan gets a bit of a win. Even if you're going to heaven, he wins because he is holding you back from your fulfillment of your purpose, your satisfaction. We have a little bit of a clue in the book of Esther what happens. Esther was in a position to save the Jews from certain death. It was a scary, dangerous responsibility. She was afraid. And her uncle Malachi spoke this truth over her in Esther 4.14. For if you remain silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish, since you did not help when you had the chance. 
and who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very purpose. So what we learned from this verse is that God's will can't be held back. Esther was born in this time and in this generation and positioned in the exact place to be able to fulfill the assignment that God created her for. She was to stop the assassination of all Jews. If she allowed her fear of the king to hold her back and believed that she was too small of a person to handle this assignment, doing the will of the Lord, he would have used somebody else to do it because his kingdom plan cannot be stopped. But this was her assignment. This was her assignment. And that's important because the Lord, especially in the New Testament times, is doing his work through the body of Christ. People keep thinking God's going to come down and just show up and do things. He sent the Holy Spirit so that his work could be fulfilled through the body of Christ. And if you don't keep up with your assignment, then he will find someone who will. You were born in this generation, in this place, and in this time. This is a huge kingdom season. We are in the Great Awakening right before the end times. We don't know how long that will be, but essentially we are in the end times because we are in the Great Awakening phase where the Lord is waking up people, showing the evil He's been the lamb for a very long time, but the season is shifting where we're going to see a lion, and he needs the body of Christ to rise up in courage and bravery. What does the Lord have for you to do? If you hold back from doing the work that he has from you, the Jeremiah 29 11 plans that the Lord has you will not be fulfilled. He created them for you. And you are a big part of the tapestry of God's kingdom plan. Your part to play is important. So the last thing you want to do is get in God's way by your own fear and anxieties and limiting mindsets. So the challenge really is for you to allow this truth to set you free. Lies keep you in bondage, and the truth plus God's grace and power. Grace is God's empowering presence for you to accomplish. It's not unmerited favor. It is God's empowering presence for you to accomplish his will. So lies keeping you in bondage. The truth sets you free. You must speak truth. Speak life. Say yes and amen to every assignment. Surrender your fears, the fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of you name it. The only fear you need is the fear of the Lord, which goes even beyond just on respect. It's not to be afraid of God. It's to understand who he is in light of creation and the world and you and respect that enough to obey his voice. And then the Lord will take care of you through the seasons, through the assignments. 
um, see Jesus with you and in you. We've got an episode on that to release him. I'll include that episode about how to truly release God in you and uh, below this episode. But the last thing I want to leave you with is something the Lord calls the faith rocket. And it is the solution to get off the pride continuum entirely. And so I'm just going to share this little section that he gave me about that. Here's the conversation that I had with the Lord about how to get off the pride continuum. Lord, what more do you want me to understand about this pride continuum and what can I do about it? And he said, I want to show you about the faith rocket. When rockets take off, they leave the safety and security of Earth and shoot faster and farther than a person could do on their own volition. That's what faith can do. Remember, pride is just some level of unbelief or disbelief. If I said, believe it, or believe me, I am not a God who would lie, and that settles it. If you see it in the Bible, it's true. When you learn that releasing your unbelief and disbelief leads to the combustion of faith, you can expect to see miracles. Test me in this. Psalm 34, 8 commands you, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Doesn't require much faith for this ignitable shift to take place in your heart. Remember what I said, recorded in Matthew 17, 20. Because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let it go. Trust me with it, and watch what I can do in your life. Faith is the rocket ship that will take you off the pride line. If God says something in scriptures, you can believe it because God cannot lie. Numbers 23:19 said, God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Faith is believing, trusting God for who he says he is for you and for who he says you are in him. When you hear from Jesus, he will always be consistent with scriptures. If you receive messages while journaling that contradicts the word, God, nature, his character, or any of the names of God, it wasn't God. The good news is that if you posture your heart to hear God by fixing your eyes on him and coming to him with a pure heart, he promises that he will hear from you. He will hear your prayers. And then when you cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow him to take his rightful place in your heart, you will understand who you are in him enough to believe that whatever assignment he has given you to do, he already has equipped you. Do it, and you just need to pray in agreement with his will. So let's do that now. Let's pray to overcome the spirit of unworthiness and pride. Lord, I confess and I repent of my pride of disbelief or unbelief. 
I ask you to forgive me, and I forgive all those who have contributed to this belief system in my life. I replace this lie with the truth that you want me to know personally, that you have created me with every capability to hear your voice, see vision, and obey you regardless of the assignment. Please heal my soul and restore me to the right relationship that I have with you. Awaken my heart senses to be able to commune with you as you have intended so that I may obey you and walk out the Jeremiah 29:11 plans you have for me. Thank you, Lord, for creating me, for calling me, and for choosing me to be part of your family. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in the special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. In today's encounter, Jesus wants to take you on an adventure on the faith rocket. I want you to imagine a road with a road sign to the left arrow that says the lie of unbelief and the right arrow pointing to the lie of unneed. I want you to see Jesus sitting on a bench right in front of those two signs, and he wants to talk to you for a few moments about the adventure that he would have for you and the invitation that he has to take you on a ride on the faith rocket. And so he's going to talk to you about the areas that get in the, where you get in his way and where you get in your own way. And he's going to tell you the truth that will set you free. And then he's planning to take you on a really cool adventure. You will see a rocket. And he's going to take you, invite you by the hand to go into that rocket with him. From the rocket's vantage point, you will be able to see the life that you can live should you completely agree with the Lord 
for the will that he has written about you in your life book, the Jeremiah 2911 plans. So he's going to take you on a rocket ship ride, exactly what it would look like if you learned to completely surrender your will and believe him for the faith needed to accomplish the dreams he has for you. Well, I hope you had an amazing, enlightening conversation with the Lord and a, and a really fun adventure. Jesus is fun, and he wants you to know how fun he is. So I hope you had a great time. Please share any stories of what God was able to show you with that. And reach out to me and let me know how things are going with you. I'd appreciate that so much. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.